Welcome to Your Music Saved Us, where two friends blast ourselves into the past to relive and recontextualize the alternative Christian music we grew up listening to in the 1990s. be your host this week as we launch a joyous assault on your senses and banquet whole upset chin passive absorb excavation lack acid threat jay how are you today i'm good clifton since you didn't say your name um oops (laughs) (laughs) but no i'm doing well i'm actually really excited to talk about this one I'm, i'm very curious to get your take honestly so we'll find out in a minute all right anticipation Well, tell us, what are we listening to? We are listening to the Lassie Foundation's debut 1996 EP, California. Nice, nice. Is this easy to find these days? Well, it is now because the Lassie Foundation remastered it and put it on Spotify. Thank goodness. Yeah, I was trying to figure out the difference between the remastered and the not remastered because I have the original CD. But when I went to try it, all of a sudden, Winamp stopped working on my computer. And so I just was, I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, does anyone else in the world still use Winamp besides Clifton? Uh, let us know. Wait, what does everyone else use? <laughs> I don't know, Clifton, but I feel like it's not Winamp. When they shut what down year Winamp. is it? 1999. <laughs> yeah, when they shut down Winamp, I downloaded it and I keep a copy of it. Like, what? A- is there a better thing? I, I'm just guessing there is. I mean, I've noticed that my podcast program i use on my phone is not the most up-to-date because i'm kind of like <laughs> same thing with that like you were yeah. with Amp. so i'm assuming there's something better with <laughs> out there anyway i haven't found it i don't know that's fine <laughs> I, anyways okay um so uh was this played in youth group no i would be amazing if it was but certainly not in mine <laughs> well, well then why are we listening to it <laughs> uh yeah, yeah, good question. It, it came out at the right time, was in the right place, uh, you know. Um, it's good, and I'm happy that we're talking about it. <laughs> All right. All right, Jay, well, at this point, I want to take a second and remind everyone. Actually, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do something different here. Are you oh, ready for oh. this? Oh, I don't know. Am I? Okay, go ahead. All right, with your permission, I am going to, I am going to dedicate this episode to our very first and so far only patron, Brock. <laughs> Brock, Brock, you mean the world you. to us. Yes. We couldn't do this without you. So thank, thank you, very you very much. much. All right. Yes, for sure, you, Brock. Thank you. If you want to become a patron and get uh, behind-the-scenes stuff, extra chit-chatting, um, uh, our first ep- lost, long-lost first episode... Um, the ability to choose what we review, those kind of things, then uh, head on over to patreon.com slash YMSU. All right, let's get back to this. And I, and I, I want to just plug that one more time because it, it, this is obviously so niche. We're never going to like make money on this, <laughs> but it really helps with like production cost and time and those kind of things. Yes. So, yes, uh, I want to say one other thing that I feel like we should be plugging. We forget. Hey, if you like this and you don't have money to be a Patreon, if you would just rate us and review us on Apple Music or wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, um, 
yeah, any Spotify, I think, I don't even know, remember, I'd be on Audible, Facebook, YouTube, whatever. We're on, we're on all those things. Um, like it, comment, it will help us out. Yeah. So, there we go. Well, Jay, tell us about the Lassie Foundation. So, Clifton, once upon a time, there was a band called The Prayer Chain. Mm. And we have not covered them, but I hope we do. Um, <laughs> they started as sort of a Christian kind of grunge alternative band. Mm-hmm. But by the end of their run, they were doing lots of like real fuzzed out droney songs. And after their last album, Mercury, which again, I can't wait to cover on the show, they broke up as the singer wanted to do a different sound than the rest of the band. But two of the band members, Wayne Everett and Eric uh, Campuzano, continued to play together as the band was breaking up, and they were inspired by more lo-fi bands. And on Velvet Blue Music's podcast, Eric mentioned Sebado as an influence, and he said he, he couldn't think of some other bands, some other bands' names just right off the top of his head, but he said stuff like that. It was like lo-fi, sounded like they recorded it in their basement, and they were like, hey, we can do this. Mm-hmm. You know, We don't need flashy production, all that. Wayne was a drummer, and Eric was a bass player, and neither were really proficient with guitar, but they messed around and came up with some melodies. Wayne likes the Beach Boys, and according to the Velvet Bloom Music Podcast, Eric told him he had to sing falsetto. <laughs> so this is kind of the origins of themselves. They call themselves the Lassie Foundation because, according to an interview with Wayne on DecemberHotel.net, all the way back from 1996, uh, he said... The majority of the songs are about girls, lasses, lassies. We thought it would be a good foundation for a name. And they recorded the California EP at Cush Studios, which was just the name of Andy Prickett's house. Andy Prickett was the guitar, another guitarist from the prayer chain, who I get the sense he's basically a Lassie Foundation member, just mm-hmm. never actually has his name in the band, even though he recorded almost everything they did. So On, on Bandcamp for this EP... It says that that uh, Wayne and Capizano are backed up by the foundation, and which includes, um, yeah, Andy Prickett and most of the prayer chain. Okay, you know? <laughs> so um, I guess Andy is an official member, sort. Of. I don't know. He's like yeah. the like the B team, like the A team. It's like <laughs> Wayne and Eric, and he's the B team or something. I don't know. Yeah, maybe so. I don't know. It also let listed, uh, you know, Frank. Um, the the drummer and it listed uh, Jason seventy one whoever that is. Did it list Jeff Schroeder who we'll talk about in a little bit? I can look probably. I don't remember. Okay, Sorry. we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll get okay. to it. Okay, we'll get to it. Jay, we we kind of grew into the uh, the nineties indie scene. D- did you like Sebado? <laughs> you know, I did when I finally heard them. Okay. But as we talked about, Clifton, you and I, like our, our little indie record store was basically the Christian bookstore. <laughs> sure, so yes. Yeah. We were lucky enough to get stuff like this. But Sebado, I don't think I heard until college or right before. I think I might have picked up some sampler they were on like okay. my senior year of like spring of senior year of high school kind yeah. of thing. Because like so many people list Sebado as an influence and I, I, I just can't like I, I don't know. <laughs> You've tried. It's not yeah, for you. It's not for yeah. me. No, I don't That's know okay. why. It's all right. Yeah. I don't, anyways. <laughs> all right. So was this originally recorded to be released by Brainstorm Artists? So this is this weird nebulous time when Velvet Blue Music was getting started. Mm-hmm. Brainstorm was still around 
and I get the sense, I don't know for sure, that basically they somehow finagled this release onto Brainstorm, even though it has the Velvet Blue Music like logo and stuff with it too. Mm-hmm. And then Velvet Blue Music as they got a little more established, because I think this was only like the sixth release or something for them. Okay. As they got more established, I think they kind of had their own distribution. But my sense is they oh. kind of piggybacked on Brainstorm okay. for a release or two with this. Because this is the very last release from Brainstorm. Ah, I didn't realize this was the last one, but there yeah. we go. That even makes more sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right. So maybe they had plans to continue releasing on Brainstorm <laughs> and didn't happen. Yeah. I remember the, the, that website that we found that kind of chronicles all of the different incarnations of Brainstorm um, and, and just uh, the, those guys, uh, different labels. This was, this was listed on there, but it was, it was just the very last one. And it even says, like, released on, like, Velvet Blue, you know? So it's, I don't know. It's, it was very confusing to me when I looked at it. Yeah, I was just grateful, though, this, this landed in Christian bookstores because I would have never probably found this otherwise. Well, tell us, how, how, how did it come into your life? So, I must have got it sometime after it came out. I don't remember particularly, but I, I kind of had mixed feelings about the prayer chain. Yeah. To be honest, I'm probably a little bit young for them. I did really like Mercury, and mm-hmm. that's one of those albums that's even grown on me more even since then. But I wasn't that big a fan of Shawl or the Whirlpool EP, kind of mm-hmm. their first stuff. The, the guitars are way too like nineties kind of like, like a lot of like scratching and like, I don't know, weird rhythms and stuff like that. Yeah. The, 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 their early stuff was early kind stuff. of more grungeous type thing. And then they really shifted on Mercury, which again, I hope we'll cover that. I'm sure we will at some yeah. point. And so I don't know. It was kind of like, Oh, members of the prayer chain, you see the cover of the album. It looks cool. Like also the name, the Lassie foundation. It's a pretty good name. <laughs> it's a good name. You know, and so I think it was just like, ah, it's an EP. It was probably cheaper. Like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, I'll pick it up. Yeah. And I, I really liked it. I have a kind of distinct memory. I just, it's just a neighborhood in town. It's nothing special, but I kind of remember where I was like listening <laughs> to some of these songs. Yeah. And I was kind of a, you know, as a teenager, so songs like, just just the title of it tells you everything. I believe I can be her man. Um, <laughs> were right up my alley yeah. at the time. You know, this kind of this lovelorn teenager. This stuff was perfect. Yeah. So I, I find it fascinating that you liked this. <laughs> um, I mean, it is heavy, right? But it, you know, it's it's heavily influenced by shoegaze, and shoegaze is not known for being fast. In fact. A lot of people make fun of shoegaze saying that like, it's like if you played a normal song at half speed and just added reverb. Well, I think so, you know, I, I liked Starflyer and I think what Mm -hmm. I, which is probably the only thing I could compare this to, and it's not even that similar. um, I think what I liked about it is it had that really kind of droney distorted, especially in some of the songs, like Mm -hmm. pretty thick layers of guitar, which I liked. But it also had a real pop sensibility, which you were not, at least at that point, were not getting with Starflyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really, really liked it. It yeah. was just weird. It wasn't like anything else I was listening to. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Okay. I didn't run into, I, I didn't, well, at least I should say, I saw Lassie Foundation on the shelves when I was a kid, you know, and 
I knew they were connected to the prayer chain, which I had already tried out and I did not like. So I think I don't think I ever gave this a chance mm-hmm. until college. One night, I remember one night, I had just like I was sitting at a computer doing God. I don't know, writing a paper or something. I don't know, right? But I remember sitting at a computer in the computer lab at at, at university, and I had a CD player. Remember, like when I say CD player, guys, I remember, I mean like. Like the thing you carried with you, you know, <laughs> yeah, like a discman or whatever. Yeah, a discman. Yeah. But it was it was a new, brand new, uh, Sony discman that could play MP3 discs, right? Oh, I remember these days. This so, little, this short period of time. Yeah. yeah. So I had a ton <laughs> of stuff on there, right? Right. And I, I I listened to to this, and I was like, oh, gee, this is. I, I was just blown away by it, you know. Yeah. But even then, I kind of just lost track of it, and I never really went back and. And really got into them, so I don't. I don't know. As, as yeah, that's that's my. Yeah, I I can't wait to hear your take on this as we dive in in a second because I feel like this is like, in my opinion, I'm like this is right up Clifton's alley. Like mm. he likes shoegaze, he likes kind of that wall of sound fuzzy guitar, but it's also <laughs> super poppy. Yeah, you know, it's got that sense. Like I feel like okay, this is. This is for Clifton. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we get to, uh, have you listened to this over the years or was it uh, a, a little bit? Some. Yeah. But I, and I think more recently because they've been a little more active. So it's kind of made me think about it mm-hmm. more, but yeah, definitely. This is one, you know, if I had it available, I would come back to it. Okay. All right. Well, you went ready to dive in. Yes. All right. Well, please. let's start with the first song. I can be her man. Oh my god, this song is so good. Like I, I'll get, <laughs> I'll get more to it. But it's you know, so it it starts with this like really fuzzy guitar, and I'm not gonna do. You can do a better job describing guitar sounds than I can since I don't play guitar. But it it very fuzzy. I think there might be a cleaner guitar behind it mm-hmm. in there. There probably is. There's like layers of stuff on this, but it feels like they're just playing simple chords, and then. This British voice comes on and says, Thank you, Lassie Foundation. Thank you, Lassie Foundation. And I know that sounds super cheesy, but it just fucking works for this yeah, song. <laughs> it comes off more it comes off more just like a live album, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. It is really weird, though. Yeah, I know. I, if you had told me, like, we're like, you know, you're listening to this song, like, we're going to add that in right there, I'd be like, oh <laughs> shit, no, that's a terrible <laughs> idea. But it really, really works. <laughs> and after that, the drums come in, you know, and so the guitar fuzz kind of drops out when the vocals come in, mm-hmm. and the like, the background guitar is playing some simple little lo- little notes, like da dum da da, you know, just kind of over and over. Mm-hmm. And and when the when he shifts into the chorus again, it's that fuzzier guitar, and they actually have tambourine. <laughs> Which again is something I'd be like, wait, you're gonna add tambourine to that song? No, don't you <laughs> fucking do it! And yet it works really, really well. Yeah, like. This is a weird song where you're like, these things should not work well together, and they work really well together. <laughs> so it's back to the verse. You get some 
Oh, wait, we, we, should, we should we should we should we should listen to some here first, real fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, because it's so good. As you mentioned, it comes in with the two guitars, right? And and yes, you're right. Like one of them's like just super, like it's overdone yeah. with with like compression and and distortion, right? And the other one's just like a nice, crunchy, almost clean guitar, right? I don't, and I, I should say I don't know if the super compressed one is actually just one guitar, or if they just layered a bunch of guitars, because the, anyway, there's a whole history of of how you make shoegaze when you record it it's different than when you play it live because you don't you don't really need a lot of distortion if you start layering things on top of each other you can actually get a use a somewhat clean sound but when you start layering them on top of each other it just sounds really distorted right because what distortion is when 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 you're when you're when you get breakup through through a tube amp it's basically just it's 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 um clipping off the highs and the lows of your peaks and when it does that it it creates harmonics okay which is what that's all distortion is it's just harmonics of what's going through it and so but let, let's let's listen to that here because it is it is a great entry to this album yeah Foundation. So that second guitar comes in there, and they're they're both playing pretty much the same thing, I think, right? Yeah. The other thing with shoegaze is reverb. I don't know how to talk about reverb on a podcast, <laughs> but. There's lots of reverb here, and that's why that's like what when those drums came in, they sounded huge, right? Because they also have a, a just an enormous amount of reverb on them. Either that, or they're just recorded in like like a warehouse or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, they sound. Um, it sounds perfect when yeah, they come in. It's so good. It does, and and it just <laughs> everything sounds huge, right? And when they, and they get the layered guitars there, and it's and it's just this really full sound. Um, it sounds like they're using um, uh, Marshalls to me. When as I was listening to it, it sounds like they got, maybe have two different kinds of Marshalls. Maybe one more, more vintage, like a super lead, and another one more, quote unquote, modern for like eight, the 80s, like an 800. But anyways, and it just, but the the that guitar sound is just so rich. It has so much texture to it, right? And then you get that reverb on top of it, and it just magnifies that texture. It's just, it's delicious. Shall we listen to when the vocals come in? Because I want to talk about his vocals. Yeah, I mean, let's I know, as much of the song you want to. We yeah, let's keep listening. <laughs> <laughs> So you mentioned that uh, that that he, he he had to sing falsetto here, right? Yeah, and this one is not as falsetto as some of the other songs. Not but quite. Yes. But even in my notes, I lo- I, I, I described it as uh, that lazy almost falsetto. <laughs> right. So 
if so what i'm trying to figure out here is did they know they were making shoegaze or did they accidentally reinvent shoegaze because those those vocals are textbook shoegaze they're kind of lazy they may be mixed a little too far forward for shoegaze but they're you know they're lazy they're kind of like slow and and plodding and falsetto well i will tell you from that interview i read um decemberhotel.net not trying mm-hmm. to take credit for it this is 1996 so the same period and, and wayne lists his 10 desert island albums okay um and they're kind of all over the place but one of them is my bloody valentine loveless okay yeah. the rest i would not say are shoegaze in fact he even lists abba gold um hey we got some good but, pop in there good but like yeah and he's got the verve a storm in heaven he's got one called mm. curve radio sessions i don't even know what curve is um radiohead the bins yeah. so stuff's like yeah sort of related but my bloody valentine for sure okay a lot of indie a lot of kind of avant-garde type stuff okay uh, yeah so and, and so if you don't know shoegaze uh listeners they are the the first probably i mean you know Everyone hates to. It's kind of like with emo. No one wants to be called shoegaze, right? <laughs> Nobody wants to be called emo either. So, you know, uh, they're probably the first shoegaze band. There are a lot of people who came before them doing very similar things, but they're just the ones who kind of put it all together on Loveless, which was their third album, I think. Oh, wow. And yeah, they, they were on Creation Records. They almost, there's a, there's a, it's a very, very uh, popular story that they, they almost bankrupted creation records recording that album because they just recorded it they, they recorded they had so many layers of things going on that they just, right yeah and the uh well, the uh the the drummer got sick during recording and so they ended up having to uh take the drums that he did on the first day and sample them in and and, and all the drums are sampled they're they're his drums but they're created out of samples from his drumming wow <laughs> yeah anyways moving on so we know Lassie at least has that influence. Right. We know they were listening to other kind of lo-fi stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. I wouldn't, you know, this sounds a little lo-fi when you start comparing it to, I don't know if you listen to the Cave Sessions. Um, right. Yeah, it, it sounds lo-fi compared to that, but it doesn't sound lo-fi to me. At least, I, I think I've been listening to only the remastered stuff, though, so maybe it, I don't know. No, I mean, I think it's still, it sounds good. Like, you can tell they're musicians who kind of know what they're, doing yeah but also just the style of music i think you're able to get away with more right like you don't need this super expensive fancy studio because it's like (laughs) so fuzzed out and so many layers that it kind of hides i think some of the stuff you'd be surprised how fast it amplifies bad things as well yeah well fair yeah and here and later on we'll listen to some demos from uh from some songs later in the in the ep that uh they're pretty rough pretty rough (laughs) and they're good but they're rough you know so anyways let's continue on here we talked about when it gets to the chorus the fuzz turns back on it's got tambourine can we can we play some of that yeah
Yeah, and and so again, the tambourine shouldn't work, but, but it does. Yeah, and and shoegaze really thrives off of kind of those high mids to like a little bit trebly kind of type stuff, you know. And that's what the the tambourine's really adding there, right? It just it does it works very well, and they're, and they're not the only shoegaze band to use tambourines though, but it it. it it does work surprisingly. I just feel like tambourine is one of those instruments. <laughs> most of the time, when somebody's like, "Let's add tambourine," you're like, "Fuck no!" Like, <laughs> no, I think because I, I I'm a big fan of things that have strong rhythms to it, and you probably you probably like shoegaze is so amorphous that you may not think of it as having a strong rhythm to it, but it really does. And tambourine is often added for, you know, it, as a secondary percussion instrument, just to add more of that rhythm more of that beat you know to get really bring it out and I, I i think it works for that reason i mean yeah you know there's lots of bands that have a wasted person in the band because they're just playing tambourine <laughs> but you you know like think of arcade fire you know like they have a guy who just runs around the, the stage and plays plays a, a, a tom you know but it really does add to it so <laughs> i think i'm maybe having flashbacks of like really bad christian worship bands oh, yeah. where there's always that person playing tambourine or yes. something like that or whatever the hell that little egg looking thing is they shake whatever you know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Right>. so maybe <laughs> that's sorry listeners i guess i'm like scarred from you know those days yeah, i get um, i get where you're coming from on it but i, I i've <laughs> the 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 tambourine has been rejuvenated and saved in my vision from other bands but i well, when i was younger i would have agreed with you it certainly works here <laughs> yeah when you hit the second verse you've got some uh, like oh la la background vocals from great Julie really Martin, yeah jason martin's wife uh who they must have just been really like newlyweds at this point they could huh. not have been married that long and back to you know back to the chorus bridge has more guitar work and then they kind of sing part of that first verse um a, a version of that first verse again and then it just can kind of ends with like i believe i can be her man just kind of over and over towards the uh -huh. end and listen like this song is so good when i <laughs> first listened to this album there was another song that was my favorite and i'll talk about it in a minute mm -hmm. but coming back to it now i'm like no this first song you cannot top this in, in my opinion <laughs> like i just like i kept listening to this one over and over and over and i was like god damn this is such a good song yeah yeah the other <laughs> songs are good but this one is is a great song. You this know? feels like, like they this... pulled it all together perfectly. Yeah. Like the yeah. other ones, there's good elements. I like and I like them, and some are better than others. But they're strong. But this one is like shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It has it has good little uh, has has good melodic uh, uh, you know solo type things. There's no solos in shoegaze, but they these kind of like where the guitar swells kind of thing, right? <laughs> Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it is. And the backing vocals really surprised me how well they worked. Um, I want to I want to find a place where because they, they are they're in the in the end.
Jay, tell me about your listening experience with this album, both as a kid and as we were re-listening to it. Like, what's the set set me? How are you listening to this? Strong memories as a kid, like in the car. I mm-hmm. guess because that's where we listen to a lot of music. Right, like, yeah. what else? Whatever else do we have to do? It has a sound um, system. <laughs> yeah. Or on maybe my stereo at home, mm-hmm. probably not a lot on headphones. Mm. Now, probably the opposite, a lot more on headphones. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, recently when I was preparing for this, like doing a lot of stuff around the house, cooking, like doing mm-hmm. whatever, I've just got it in headphones, listening to it over and over. Sound level? Uh, you know, f- fairly loud, yeah, I think. Yeah. I, I, I think... The the best way, I'm not going to say it's the only way or the right way, but I think the best way is, like, if you can still hear your wife when you take the headphones out, you're not listening loud enough. <laughs> right? Or like, or husband, you know, either way. <laughs> we're sure, not yes, us. yes. <laughs> no, I, I, this does seem like something that you need to listen to kind of loud again just because of the layers just yes everything that's going on with it and there's so much to find like the, i didn't hear those backing vocals for a few listens i don't think they were just part yeah. of the there's part of the noise for me you know and it took a few listens to really catch that those were something different coming out yeah yeah that and that's that's just i have a note here in my i have a, I have a note here in my notes actually that says this is why i listen to shoegaze so many layers so much well of sound so much to find upon each listen after listen yeah, and I like how you listen to more shoegaze than me now, but I I like how it's not just like different guitars that we're discovering in that mix. Like it's background vocals, right. it's tambourine, it's exactly. other weird stuff. You know, like yeah. it's it's kind of fun. And that that I think is something that's really special about this EP. You know, because a lot of times it is just more guitars with some shoegaze bands. You know, but yeah. there is th- this is especially this song is just so well done. I know. So, should we talk about the lyrics? As much as we can. Yeah, so, <laughs> lyrics a bit, and this song's better than some others, a um, <laughs> little bit strange. I'll just tell you, it's, it's very short, so I'll read them to you. It's Seraphs, Seraphs, I'm not sure how to say it, it's S-E-R-A-P-H. Yeah. So, Seraphs in the ceiling, Sages in the sand, Holding hands, Loose and grand, Lucky strikes, takes her hand, I believe, or sorry, if I believe, I can be her man. And that's basically it. Yeah. <laughs> so remix some words after that. So from Oxford languages, a seraph <laughs> is an angelic being regarded in traditional Christian, Christian angel, angelology, I didn't even know that was a word, <laughs> is belonging to the highest order of the ninefold celestial hierarchy associated with light, ardor, and purity. Okay. So like, some form of an angel, right? So seraphs in the ceiling, sages in the sand, sage is like a wise person mm-hmm. holding hands. So like you've got the like the the sky and the ground or the ceiling and the sand holding hands. So the wise person holding hands with an angel, it's loose and grand. And then Lucky Strikes takes her hand, which I'm assuming he's referencing the cigarette, but trying to be a little clever. <laughs> you know, yeah. like luck strikes or something. And then if I believe I can be her man. Yeah. I. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Once again, I'll call back to my intro, which you skipped over as if I didn't make it at all in which I said, (laughs) 
banquet hole, upset chin, passive absorb, excavation, lack acid threat. <laughs> Words don't matter in shoegaze. They're just sounds. You know? Yeah. It's a good point. And the sounds work yeah. well on this. Yes. I mean, I didn't know if this was something like if he, you know, it says if I believe I can be your man. So if he has enough faith. Mm-hmm. He can be your man, and somehow Lucky Strike cigarettes are involved. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The only thing I got from that I, you haven't mentioned is seraphs in the ceiling might be referring to like a, a painting on a ceiling. Okay, um, yeah, or, I can know, see that. Yeah, I don't know how that relates to sages in the sand, but you know, whatever. Right. It, it honestly, it doesn't really matter. It this song matter. is really good. Yeah, like this is this is really good. In my opinion, it definitely like stands the test of time. I mean, we're we're getting close to like. And it's 25 plus years on this song. It's um, <laughs> yeah, very, very good. Yeah. So uh, if you yeah. want the lyrics, we'll post a website for it. They're not in the uh, in the album. They are, however, on the Bandcamp page also. Uh, oh, for this. good to know. Yeah. Yeah. It, and they're on the Lassie Foundation's website, but not easy to find. Yeah. There's no direct link. But if you type in the right address, they pop up. <laughs> we'll, put, da, we'll, da, da, da. we'll put that in the show notes. <laughs> Do you want to talk about the Cave Sessions version of this song? Well, yeah, so I I, I was going to mention, you're still in my Thunder, Clifton. I was going to mention that at the end, but Lassie (laughs) just put out a thing called the Cave Sessions that is this song and three others re-recorded, and it still sounds fucking good. Mm -hmm. Like, it it still sounds very, very good. Yeah, talk about it. I've only listened to it a couple times through, so you you may be more familiar with it than me. Yeah, so... I think this one has less to talk about than the next one, which is also on the cave sessions. Um, it's a little more high, high def. Uh, I'm going to play the beginning part of both versions here. So you can, so you can hear the difference back to back. Um, Cause did you know this, that people have like really, people are really bad at audio memory. So uh, that's Fair. what we're going to do back to back here. This is the original. Foundation. A little bit of feedback right before that second guitar. That is really great. All right, here is the caves of session version. Right, it's a little cleaner. In fact, I was noticing I can hear actually the bass guitar yeah. a lot clearer in the cave sessions. Version. Yeah, you can almost not pick up the bass guitar if there is a bass guitar at all. In the, in the yeah, I was version. actually, I had it. That was one of my questions on one of the songs. I was like, is there a bass on this album? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't like, know. I, I could not figure it out because yeah. it's just so layered in. Yeah. So on the original, well, I'll, 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 I'll talk about the, the cave sessions, I guess, because. In comparison, because the cave session has a much more modern amp that they're using there. It's a lot tighter. It doesn't have kind of that hairy fuzziness of the guitar 
on the original version. And when the second guitar comes in on the uh, on the original version, it's just a very simple, a little with a little bit of reverb on it, just a very simple, crunchy guitar. But when the second guitar comes in on the cave session, it's uh, it has uh, it has tremolo and chorus on it. It sounds like so that's it's giving you more of this like whoa 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 kind of sound. But you really gotta listen for it. In the end, when you're just listening casually, I don't think you're gonna hear that much of a difference. But I I like the rawness of the original one more personally. Do you think part of it also is just how it was recorded? Like the original's recorded to tape. I'm sure this new one's digital. Like just somewhat, you know, you, you you definitely get like a warmer sound when you're recording to tape, you know, but I think I think a big part of the difference is the amp they're using for the loud guitar. Like listen, I'm gonna play the cave session version again, and you can just hear like how how clean it is like even for a distorted amp there's like not a lot of hairiness to it because i'm gonna play the other one and I'll, I'll, I'll compare them so it's very tight there like you can hear each of his like dun, 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 right yeah and yeah it's distorted but it doesn't have a lot of like that mid going on to it like listen to that compared to, to this over here So this has a lot more hairiness to it, right? It's harder to hear his individual like mm-hmm. strokes or whatever. Like right. you can hear it a lot more on the new one. Right. So what's going on there uh, technically is that the the amp that they're using on the new version on the Cave Session is just a lot is a high gain amp. There were high gain amps in the, in the mid '90s, but not like we have today. Like, uh, so what people typically did is they just is they they slammed into the front end of their amp with a with either a boost or an overdrive pedal and if if you already are pushing an amp to its limits especially like an old like super lead or something like that a marshall super lead it starts compressing and so what you're hearing on the original version is that it's so compressed that you're that at some at, at moments it literally loses it sells a lot of texture but it's losing the pick texture, right? Let's let's do it again. Well, I was just going to say, I, actually, I'm going to hold my thought because it leads us to the next song. So I'll let you finish yours. I was just going to say that I like the original because I think it's a lot more raw. I think it's a lot more... When I'm sitting in my room playing guitar, I'm pointing at my amps behind me here. That's the sound I like coming out of my amps. You know, that's yeah. that's the. I, I I don't I don't keep many like modern high gain amps because I don't. They're tight and it's nice, but it's just it's a little sterile to me. So it sounds well, I, good. And again, as somebody who doesn't play guitar, this you can tell they spent some time getting the right sound out mm-hmm. of the amp like you know i can hear some whoever just distort the guitar and play it and it will not sound like this this right. just has a really nice sound all the way through the album on every song mm-hmm. like whatever they're doing to get that distortion like it is it's it's great mm-hmm. and like i've said i don't like the cave session as much but like it still sounds great i mean yeah. there's still a lot of thought put into that guitar tone right it's not just like some kid 
plugging into to a cheap a cheap uh, amp and 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 turning right. turning the gain up. You know, <laughs> a lot of thought has been put into how to get that tone there. You are correct. Well, so to lead, uh, I don't know. I don't want to rush us, but are we? Do we can we go to the next one? Yeah, let's go to the next one. So to lead into that, you talked about how like you didn't really hear like you know the chords like being strummed or picked kind of on that mm -hmm. like how it's distorted i feel like that's definitely the case here on this <laughs> kind of melodic line that starts off the song so the song starts with fuzz and then kind of like a drumstick count off but then it's this like i don't know how else to describe it this kind of melodic like fuzzy guitar line that I, I even put in my notes i said how is that played it does not sound <laughs> picked like it almost sounds like I know it's not like a slide guitar or something, but it sounds almost like you're just like doing that kind of thing. Yeah, I. This is beyond me, honestly. Like it <laughs> sounds like I don't know if they're just, I don't know if they're just hitting it with a really, really high end or a really high distortion into the amp, or if they're using a maybe a volume pedal to take away the attack of of when they're picking the the notes, you know. But because you don't, nothing comes out. It doesn't sound like a guitar. It's obviously a guitar, but it doesn't sound like a guitar. <laughs> yeah, I. I don't know. And honestly, that just like thing, if you isolate it by itself, it's not that great sounding. In fact, it's a little like, <laughs> like, but it works really well in this song. Like they meld it together well with the other stuff. And you're like, oh, yeah. Sonically, that's I love it because that's shoegaze like that is the closest you get to a lead in a shoegaze. Song. <laughs> you know, it's. I, that's the kind of thing that I love in shoegaze, and and I mean, there's things I know there. Like he's probably on the neck pickup here, for example. I just don't know what all he's doing. You know, maybe he's using a compressor and then going. I don't know. There's a lot of things, but he could be doing here to get this sound. But I don't know how he's doing it. But it it sounds great, and 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 it's it's as I said, this is this this album's kind of a joyous assault on your senses, <laughs> and this is this is one of those times where it's just. Yeah, it sounds like they're strangling a cat. Okay, but in a good way. So after that part, vocals come in. There's like a little bit of fuzz and some strummed guitar in the background. The drums finally come in with the chorus. And I put in my notes, I said, is there a bass drum? I can't tell. Uh, <laughs> there's tambourine again. And even in my notes, I said, actually, is there a bass guitar in this song? <laughs> Not clear. You know, after the chorus, back to the distorted melodic line, that thing again. Verse, second chorus has Julie Martin's vocals again, female vocals. I think they probably layered Wayne's vocals in this, but I said it mm -hmm. also, maybe it could be Eric, because I don't know what he sounds mm -hmm. like. There's also a lot of reverb on the vocals in this song. Yeah. Bridge is pretty much just that distorted melody guitar line we played earlier. Again, by itself, I wouldn't say it's great, but when you add everything on top of it, it's really nice. And the song closes with the chorus being repeated over and over, and then at the end, it's, you're my one in a million, just mm -hmm. over and over and over. <laughs> this song, lyrically, was easy to understand. Can we, can we spend some more time any... on the music here? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to hang on. I'm just saying okay. more than any of the others, this was the one you could listen to and sing along with and yes. kind of be like, oh, yeah, I get it. But yeah, like to go back to the music, this is a very catchy song. In fact, just with the core, it might be catchier chorus. I just think the overall song is not as good as the first one. I agree with that 100%. It's, it's a catchier song. It's not quite as good as the first one. And that may just be what it is as a song, right? Like, but let's, let's continue listening there where we left off a second ago. Yeah. Because now that lead guitar has dropped out and we just have this like, honestly, just gorgeous, crunchy, martially set guitar going on here in the background, which sounds great. This song has long stretches with no drums, which is very interesting to me. Yeah. And when the drums come in, they're always these, that, that great, just like that, that just like kind of roll. You know, it's, it's, it's the guitars are slow, so slow and droney and the, and the, and the drums are just that faster, like that driving kind of beat, you know, and it, I think it works really well together. And as you said, we get those, this really catchy chorus. That was something I noticed listening to this when I really started paying attention. I was like, oh, yeah, there's not even drums on parts of these songs. <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't think about it. Especially for one of the members being a drummer, it. right? Right, exactly. <laughs> but then you listen, you're like, oh, yeah, they're not really an important part of this album that much. No, they're, they're vital to the album, but they're just, their absence is part of the sound at times, I would say. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and as you said, it has that very catchy chorus, which gets repeated over and over again at the end, which is at the end, it's I'm still to be your one in a million. I'm hoping to be your one in a million. You're my one in a million. So many layers, right? Like you said, there's there's a there's a few layers of vocals going on there. The uh, the that guitar that's kind of like the 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 thesis of the song melodically that near 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 as it gets into the end of the song there it just stays on that near 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 the whole way by itself would be fucking annoying, but it really sounds good with everything around it. Exactly, yeah. Which gets to part of why I love shoegaze, and I think part of why most people love shoegaze who love it, is that, okay, so a lot of the music I like it gets referred to as druggy music. Um, <laughs> and there's, if you listen to this, you can see why. It really, it's, it's using these individual parts, which are 
maybe annoying on their own, but also a little bit interesting, and it creates a drone out of them, right? In fact, uh, my buddy Valentine used to it live. They would <laughs> like the they would like pick one song at, uh, in their shows, and like at the last point of that song, they would just keep playing the same thing over and over and over. Yeah, so like and a jam band. Again. But no, because they're not doing anything different. They're not doing anything interesting. They're just playing the same thing over and over again, okay? <laughs> and they say that you would get one of two things happen. Either the crowd would get really annoyed at you, or they would induce like this mass kind of trance-like state. And that's what this is doing here. It's kind of, it's so wall of sound that it defeats all the thoughts in your head. Okay? And it imposes this trance-like state that only allows this song to exist at that time. Which is one reason I like shoegaze, because it gets rid of all my, uh, you know, chemical imbalance brain thoughts, and uh, just leaves only the texture and the the feelings of this song. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really nice. Yeah. To jump to the lyrics, yeah. it's okay. I mean, this is... Again, to be a high schooler who's pining after someone that doesn't <laughs> seem to have the same feelings back, this song is perfect, right? It's just, here's the lyrics. I dream of you every breath. I'll try not to press. I know you saw me. I heard you say, what a mess. And then the chorus is, I'm stealing to be your one in a million. This actually does have a separate second verse. <laughs> it says, <laughs> I know that when you dream, it's not a me. I'm the serf, you're the queen, but one day I'll be the king. Um, and that's basically it. Clifton, mm-hmm. you you already said the last kind of ending yeah. part. So it's just this, like you know, pining after somebody that you hope you can have one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what it made me wonder is: is Wayne actually singing about someone? Like, is this true to life, or is he just kind of putting on a persona for this? Mm-hmm. The reason I'm asking is because I know again, from that Velvet Blue music podcast that Eric was married at the time. And actually, I think it just had his first baby. If you look in the booklet under the credits, it says Macy, February 8th, 96. And I, hmm. I'm assuming that's his daughter. Could be wrong, but I'm going to go with that guess. Yeah. Um, so it's Wayne mainly, right? And so is, is he actually singing about someone? Is he just <laughs> trying to give the album a certain feel? Like, yeah, what's going on? very good question i don't know <laughs> whatever the answer it's it is a like a beautiful and simple song lyrically right it's it's you know it it, it luckily it doesn't go far so far to be creep as to be creepy you know <laughs> right it could get there but you're right it could, it but it doesn't i don't think and and even if you haven't felt these feelings in two decades you can read this and be like oh yeah yeah i remember that yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, and especially the way it's sung, right? You know, I heard you say, what a mess, right? right. Like just, <laughs> it's just, I don't know, it's just, it's beautiful. Yeah. So this was my favorite song back in the day. Really? On this album. Yeah, and I think because the chorus was so clear and so melodic, mm-hmm. and I think going back to it now, I like the first song more because I'm enjoying, it, you know, it's still a melodic song, but it's got a lot of other stuff in it. Yeah that that i really enjoyed and this song has layers too but there's just something about that first song everything Mm -hmm. is so put together so very well 
this song has a lot more variation from like at times we'll just have that crunchy guitar and vocals right nothing else all the way through to the wall of sound like the first song so i can see this being you know this this is this is still a really 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 good song but it just doesn't quite just be and it's not the song's fault right like this is what this song wants to be (laughs) yeah but it's just not quite as like comp worthy as as the first song right yeah and like this is still a good song like if i fucking wrote this song yeah. i could like feel like okay i can die now i've achieved like you know what i mean like this is not a bad <laughs> oh, song yeah. at all it's just we really like that first song yeah. like what you know what do you think he means by i'm stealing to be your one in a million yeah i don't know i was wondering if it's just the way if it flowed the best yeah. like Instead of like I'm longing or I'm yearning or whatever, like I'm hoping because he does say I'm hoping at one point, but I'm just wondering mm-hmm. if it just sounded like I'm stealing your one in a million. It just kind of yeah. It's not exactly a rhyme, but it it's close, you know, yeah. It, and, yeah. And it does work very well melodically, you know, and and the and the structurally. I I I feel like you're probably right. It's probably like I'm hoping, but I think stealing gives it a little more like. A little more mystique, right? Like a little, like, like I'm doing something, but you know, it's it's on the, it's on the deal, right? It's a little, it's a little more naughty. Come yeah, on. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, before yeah. we leave this song, let's talk about the caves version. Okay. So I want to remember here real fast. Here's how the original song opens. Now let's go over here to the uh, to the caves version. It's again. It, his vocals are almost a little too clean. Mm-hmm. Everything's song. too clean. I think once again, it's not as raw as the original, right? Yeah, I, it's very well done. Structurally, I think what gets me the most is that it doesn't open with the little guitar lick, right? Right. And I think that's really important for the song because I think that that contrast, that juxtaposition between this overly compressed guitar lick going into those and then, and then giving way to those crunchy guitars, I think is a feels better than just sl- than the song slowly building. Right. Yeah. I don't know that that's it. it, it uh, to me, it's when, when, when that guitar like eventually does come in on the caves version, it sounds, it sounds like it's out of nowhere, honestly, but when it's introduced as kind of the thesis of the song on the original version at the beginning, I feel like it's a lot more powerful when it repeats. Still a very good song. And, you know, I think it's cool that they redid it, Mm -hmm. but this original is 
pretty hard to beat. It is. Yeah. And and there's it, there's so much messiness going on in the original version that it's it's just kind of it's very fun to to live in, I think. All right, let's move on to uh, song three here, Laid with Cool. So this one, you know, the drumsticks counted off again, and then the whole band comes in. It's fuzzy guitar again with Wayne's vocals, um, and it actually says the name of the song, Laid with Cool, you know, yeah. at the beginning. Um, I will say the drums are more noticeable in this song than probably any of the others. There's mm-hmm. actually, like, drum fills and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um it sounds like a kind of like more like a real drummer than the other ones where it's just like <laughs> keeping the beat, having a few little background things laid with cool is just repeated over and over for about the first 45 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> then it moves into a verse. Wayne's vocals are either run through an effect or layered or both. <laughs> Definitely both. <laughs> yeah, on this. this is one where it's not as easy to pick out what is being said on this. I definitely had to look at the lyrics and was like, Oh, Okay. As opposed to the first song, which I thought was about you're right. Originally, it so. was that that was like one or two words. Where this one, there's yeah. like portions I don't cannot make out. Okay, what he's saying, and I know we'll get back to the lyrics, but this is one that ended with "Long Live the King," which you know, Teenage Day interpreted to be a clever way to talk about God. Um, I'm not sure if that's really what he meant, but uh, you know, Christian kids were looking for that anywhere they could find it. So well. We get if we go back to the previous song, I'm the surf, you're the queen, but one day I'll be I'll be king. Ooh, Clifton, I don't know why I didn't put that together. Yeah. That's good. All right. <laughs> he's like he's like, I got her now. Yeah. I'm a badass. Long live the king. <laughs> All right, okay. Yes, exactly. Oh, I like that twist on it. I was trying to make it, you know, Christian-y, but okay, that's nope. interesting. That's, that's not fun. what you gotta take from this. <laughs> I don't think so, at least, yeah. <laughs> All right, so this song is weird. It's it's. Let's play a little bit of it here, and then I'll then I'll talk, then I'll tell you my thoughts yeah. on it. already i think we can kind of see here a lot of that kind of beach boys and beach boys influenced style going on here but it's just like super messy right <laughs> and loud yeah um you know it's put the vocals there i'm i'm, I'm gonna keep playing some more here. So, to me, this sounds like a not shoegaze song that was messed up, right? 
that was made really loud. But it has the rhythms don't make sense in a shoegaze um, vernacular. Um, as you said, there's a lot more drum stuff going on here, right? Which is not how shoegaze works. Um, and it's a lot more. It actually reminded me more of early prayer chain. Not exactly, but like some of the guitar rhythms and stuff. Okay. But I, I, I feel like you could almost just say this is almost like a Beach Boys slash Beatlesque inspired song. You know, it almost sounds like maybe even like early uh, Brian Jonestown Massacre to me, where it's, it's, it's a lot of that, that early pop influence, but it's just made to be a really messy song. Yeah. yeah. It, as you're replaying it, I thought, you know, again, with, with this fuzziness, you wouldn't think falsetto would be great with it, but actually it's so <laughs> good. Like it, mm -hmm. it just kind of harmonizes with the just layers of distortion and everything yeah. else you hear, just that falsetto above it. Um, it's really nice mm -hmm. with it, but you're right. If this were cleaner, this would sound a lot more like the Beach Boys yeah. or something. Yeah, exactly. But it's just like they took that and like cranked it up so much. <laughs> Um, where again, like I said, it's not even, it's not that easy to even understand the lyrics on this one. Cause it's so kind of distorted. And... Yeah. And th this is the song on the album that, as I said, it didn't kind of fit the, the, the style of the other songs, but it's still a really good song and it, and it, and it comes off really well, I think, but yeah, it just doesn't sound like the other songs on the album. Yeah, and I think as you hear more Lassie Foundation after this, they kind of broaden a little bit mm -hmm. their sound, and this fits more, I think, with yeah. some of the other stuff. Right, because we get um, more of that pop influence, yeah. Yeah, you get a lot more straight-ahead pop, um, which is great. It, it's really nice. But mm -hmm. yeah, this is not a bad song either. It's just not as maybe straight-ahead catchy yeah. as the other two. Weirdly enough, it's the only song on this EP that we don't have two versions of to talk about. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, can we talk about the lyrics? Yeah. I don't know what the hell's going on with this one. It <laughs> says, laid with cool. So I don't even know what that means. Mm -mm. And then he says, put my dreams in your wrist, and I'll learn how to twist. So pull the coil tight and bury the dream in the soil. And then one day, like the ancients, it'll turn to oil. Uh, okay, and then the <laughs> next verse is, Seam broken down, beats and twitches, left in stitches. It's learned to toil, laid heavy with coil. And then one day, like the ancients, it'll turn to oil. Long live the king, laid with cool. Not a clue. No idea. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I think from the chorus there, you know, one day like the ancients it'll turn to oil definitely has to do with like something improving with age or like as it ages, you know? Mm -hmm. But other than that, I have no clue what's trying to be said here. Yeah, you know, it I like your interpretation of Long Live the King because again, <laughs> I was just thinking like oh, it must be a reference to God, or that's what I thought back in the day. And it, it's funny, I don't know if you did this, but listening to albums back in the day that were, you know, quote-unquote Christian, but weren't mm -hmm. overtly so, yeah. it's almost like I had to find some reference oh, yeah. 
to God in it. And, and I don't, <laughs> I was thinking back when I was listening to this, I was like, why was that? And I don't know if it was some combination of like, look, Christians can be cool. Yes. But then also a fear of it not seeming Christian, because like, if they don't explicitly talk about God, then what's the point? <laughs> kind of thing, you know, for I, us at the time, like I, now I'm like, what, whoever, I don't care. But right. What do you want to do? Yeah. Right. I, I think it has, I think it's two different pressures coming from different sides. Okay. On the one side, there's our peer group. And, and to them, we got to prove that Christians can be cool. Right. Okay. Right. On the other side is our parents and the church authority. And to them, we got to prove, hey, this cool music is godly. Mm, that's, a, that's a much simpler way to put it. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Christ, godly stuff can be cool, and this cool stuff can be godly. <laughs> is godly, yes. <laughs> yeah, or it's yeah. godly, right, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, kind of like two sides of the same coin. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. And it's funny because I feel like in high school, Clifton, I don't know about you, but I was like starting to listen to some stuff that wasn't explicitly Christian mm -hmm. and was enjoying it. Yeah. You know, heaven forbid. <laughs> and and I, that didn't bother me at all. Right. I like to watch movies all the time and other stuff. Right. It's right. not explicitly Christian. No video. But for some reason with this stuff, it was like it had to still seem like it was. I know. Right. It's, it's okay. very interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, I never questioned, you know. Hey, Tommy Boy isn't godly. Like, why are right. we watching this over and over again? You know. Right. But you're right. With music, it's it's yeah. You, there was a lot more pressure to justify what you were listening to. You're right. Yeah, yeah. It's strange. Yeah. Um, and I don't really I think, think. Sorry. Do, do do you remember that website that we found or you found probably in college that was like all the reasons that rock music is the devil? Oh, Jesus. No, not exactly, but <laughs> go ahead. I don't know. I just, like, my point here being that I don't remember, even though I just made that point I made about justifying that this cool music is godly, you know, I don't remember a lot of pressure to not listen to rock music. And, like, my, my I mean, I grew with my dad listening to, to Boston and Led Zeppelin and stuff like that, you know? <laughs> so, right. That wasn't hard for me, I don't think, but, yeah. Yeah, I think my parents, I don't know. Um, I think they definitely preferred me to listen to Christian stuff. I think yeah. they would have been okay with me listening to, like, the Beatles or something, but would not have been so cool with me listening to, like, whatever was Smashing Pumpkins or whatever was cool at the time. I <laughs> yeah. don't know, you yeah. know. Not that they would know anything about it, but you that's know, interesting because the, there's a lot of like there's a lot of drugs in the Beatles, right? Um, oh, totally. Yeah, but I think know. it was just because it was more back in the day, and they're familiar with it. It's probably more their familiarity with it. Yeah, which is which than... is weird, right? Because like like Norwegian Wood is about having an affair, you know. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I. Yeah. Totally. But I think that's that's true for so many things, right? Like if it's familiar, it's okay. If it's mm -hmm. not familiar, it's it's bad. Yeah. Like when is... my when my parents stopped listening to pop radio, which we did like through most of the eighties, you know, a lot of Michael Jackson, a lot of pop music. Um, you know, I remember I remember growing up listening to like you know, um, like Cranberries were around, and like like remember that song's like. Black velvet in I don't know what song that is, but it's always in my head because when we listen to it, I was like, anyways. <laughs> but when my parents stopped listening to that, they went to country music. But like, 
especially then, like most country music wasn't godlier. Like it wasn't, and it wasn't less worldly, you know, it was, I mean, all my exes live in Texas, you know, there's a tear in my beer. Like those are not, <laughs> I don't know how those that's better than thriller from a, yeah. yeah, you know, I don't, but the cultural pressure was that pop radio is evil and you better listen to that country music because it's wholesome. Yeah. It, and then again, with probably when they were less familiar with pop stuff, then again, it was, yeah. it did seem evil. You know, it's just like, yeah. yeah, I remember my mom when I was a little kid had a tape of Billy Joel's An Innocent Man. And fuck, <laughs> man, there's some good songs on that. But like, I remember we didn't like, then she got into like Larnell Harris and Sandy Patty and stuff. Yeah. And that was the end of that. You yeah. know, we didn't listen to that much anymore, but. Some good songs on that. That's interesting um, that she got into that and not like Point of Grace, which is probably more her uh, age. Well, stuff, I think that know? was like a little bit later. Like okay. it was Point of Grace, maybe nineties, and this was like eighties, okay. so it was yeah. just you know, yeah, not the right time. Okay. Yeah, I. It's just it's just funny with this stuff, you know. Like again, these Christian bookstores were kind of like our record stores, so we would get <laughs> things like this that were not really explicitly Christian at yeah. all. And I'm grateful now. Yeah, I this mean, is... again, we talk about the name of our podcast, Your Music Saved Us. Like, I'm <laughs> really grateful to have heard this and yeah. been exposed to this. But I also, at the time, was kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, they're talking about God in that song. That's what it is, <laughs> along with the king. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's move on to the next uh, song, which is Walking, Spinning, Backing Free. All right, Clifton, question for you. What is that at the beginning of the song? Is that a bullfrog, a cricket, or just distortion that sounds like one of those? What is that? All right, let's listen to it here. <laughs> that? Is that just distortion in the rhythm of, like, one of those things? No. So, I mean, yeah, but it's um, it's a guitar jack. Like, someone doesn't have their guitar plugged in, maybe, or and they're just... The the other end of the it's a guitar cable and the other end is plugged into the amp, but they're probably touching it and grounding it, and and it's making sound. I can do it right now if you want me to. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, okay. Yeah. They might be plugging the guitar in and out. That's another option. But basically, it's just being grounded, not into the guitar. Well, it sounded to me like a bullfrog or cricket <laughs> or something. It's had the same rhythm. Interesting. So. Yeah. Yeah. So after that, you get these kind of dreamy sounding guitar melodies. And then another car guitar comes in. Oh wait, sorry. Can another... I go back and have a note here? Yeah. So I, on that on that thing, I actually said start out with a high high gain buzz, and then if you're listening to this album properly loud, you get the shit scared out of you by by the sound <laughs> of someone messing with an instrument cable jack. <laughs> sorry. It's funny how you took it and I took it. Yeah. <laughs> well, they move into more and more layers of guitars, and Wayne's vocals don't come in until 58 seconds. Yeah. In the song.
They're very falsetto. This is one you definitely have no idea what the hell he's singing. <laughs> and this is just like layers of distortion all the way through really dreamy sounding guitars. About, I made a note of this in my notes, at about 2.23, mm-hmm. the song fades out, sounds like it may end. And then some really faint distorted drums come in. They're way back in the mix and it kind of comes back. I think it's over. In some ways, I think this almost may be the most shoegazy sounding song as mm-hmm. far as just like the layers of stuff. Yeah. But then again, you've got that falsetto, which I don't listen to a ton of shoegaze, but I doubt I don't think they're doing a ton of falsetto. Like, yes, they maybe are. it's not the most normal thing. Are they? Yes. <laughs> were they in the 90s? Yes. I don't know. They were in okay. the 80s. Well, all right. All right. Fair. But um, again, it works on it. Mm. Again, I can't tell what the hell he's singing most of the time. Even that's so long at the end, I had to like kind of look at their lyrics. It's like, oh, that makes sense so long. Yeah, that one makes sense once you look at it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, this is, I mean, this song is fine. Mm-hmm. It's not amazing. It's probably maybe the weakest one on the album, but I think so. It's it's still fun with the layers of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think I like the last song more than this one. Interesting. So I I, I like this song quite a bit. <laughs> It, I mean, it's not the best song on the album, but I like that. Dun, 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 dun. It almost sounds like that's not a typical shoegazy thing. That's more of like a dream pop th- type thing that's been brought into this song. And you can almost imagine it as almost like a uh, like a music box kind of playing in the background, you know, yeah. um, just because it's so layered out. But it 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 the repetition of it is is gorgeous, and 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 the way they repeat it, which is not constantly, they'll they'll drop out and they'll go to a a minor chord here and there. Um, but it's the, the way it gets repeated, I think is, is really gorgeous. I mean, we could talk about the lyrics a little bit, but it, it doesn't make a lot of sense either. Let's listen. Okay, before we do that, sense. let's listen to the, uh, the demo version of the song. Let's just the beginning of it. Where'd you get the demo of this, by the way? So it's on the band. It's on, if you buy the album on Bandcamp, if you buy the EP on Bandcamp, it comes with a demo for this song and the next song. <laughs> Wow. 
Hey. Yeah. We don't have the lead in there, obviously. There's no layers. It's just, it's two people. Are all those drums in the original version? Like the one on the album? Is it just that we can't hear them so much? Yeah, the drums are mixed really far back in this song. And they're also kind of distorted, so they sound really far in the background. No drums yet. They don't have as many drums in it. There's I no mean, drums in there yet, yeah. Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah, yeah. A lot more, a lot more layers, obviously, going on. And, I, like, the... It's so lo-fi that you can barely hear the guitar is doing more than one thing, honestly, the demo version. This, once again, brings me to the point of, like, how did people get recording contracts with these demos? Like, yeah. <laughs> like I, just, I don't understand. Like, is this... Ha- like, surely someone saw them live and was like, oh, okay, yeah, sounds good. Right. I don't know. Right. <laughs> Were these guys playing live? Because there's only two of them. Yeah. So a little bit. Basically, okay. they only played around California and really mm-hmm. around Los Angeles because Eric again was married, had a daughter. They just really couldn't tour. I think they might have made it to Cornerstone once, but okay. really didn't tour. Really just played locally. I think did play out live. You know, fairly often but only locally kind of thing. So, and I think, you know, we'll get to it at the end, but I think that probably limited them a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think had they toured more, they might've gotten bigger. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Although I think this kind of thing, you can be like, okay, that's a, that's a, that's a studio band. That's fine. You know? Right. I mean, it definitely, I mean, listen to this song. You couldn't, I mean, how do you do this live? Right. Like, Yeah. (laughs) Or just like, you know, layers and layers and that kind of looping stuff. Yeah. And like, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Do you uh, want to talk about the lyrics? Eh, I don't really even know if we need to. I mean, it's some, maybe it's about lost love or something. I don't know. He says so <laughs> long at the end. Yeah. So it's, it's see your dance, dear. See my faint tears. So long, so long. Walking, spinning, backing free. Spinning, running over me. See your trance, dear. Stream my faint tears so long. I feel like stream means a lot more today than it did back then. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I like how trance is in the end there. I don't know what that... I don't know. Not a clue. Walking, spinning, backing free. There we go. All right. Save yourself and watch you win. There we go. Maybe he's talking about purity culture. I don't know. That's not what I get out of it. <laughs> I don't know either. I just think save yourself. Um. Anyway, you know, he starts with drums, guitar strumming, steady beat, vocals slowly come in. Then you got more gu- distorted guitar with effects slowly building. 
I don't know what Wayne is singing. It's not clear at all. And this is one of those songs that the drums build at different points in the song and it sounds like they're building towards something, but they almost always just back off. Like huh. you get this build in this song and you're like, oh, now it's about to kick up. And then, no. Yeah, so this goes on for a while, and again, I don't know if he's actually singing anything or just making sounds. No, I think he's just making sounds, yeah. I, um, I, I like how, I, I think white space is maybe the right word. Like, I like how, I like that it has this room to breathe, right? That it has this room to just kind of do a little drone here, you know? there's They're not they're not in a hurry to get to a pop song here. I guess that's yeah. just what I'm saying, yeah. I don't know. It It's a... I like this more than the last one, probably just because it's a it's a little more varied, maybe. Yeah. Can we can we listen towards uh, about halfway through the song because it really gets yeah, yeah. It, it does get huge at, at some point, yeah. My notes for this part of the song are Tom, 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 Like just that four Thomas. That's the thing is it gets big and it sounds like to me right there with the way the Toms are, it's going to build to something even bigger, but then it always just kind of backs off. That's true. That's the biggest part. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to hear the demo version of this song? Uh, Yeah, because I bet it sounds way different if it's like the other one. For this one, I actually haven't listened to the demo version of this song yet. more going on here than the uh, that, that, uh, than uh, walking spinning back and free right the, there's two guitars going on here although i feel like it's this could still be two people if the guitarist if the guitar that started off first if that guitarist is just playing that floor tom with the foot pedal you know 
Yeah. Cause I, that's the only, it's just that one Tom, that's the only drum in there. Right. So it could just be, uh, he, it, this could still be two people. I don't know. All right. You want to talk about the lyrics here? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about like it. Yeah. Although so, uh, there is something important to talk about here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I, I hope that's what you're going to say. So I got really excited, Clifton, when I found the website with the lyrics because I was like, oh my God, is the word bullshit in this song? Yes, it is, because Jay. on the website, the word bullshit is in it. But then I fucking listened to the song again and he changed it on the album. He doesn't <laughs> actually say bullshit. And I found a photo they posted on their Facebook from I guess when they wrote this and the change. So it's supposed to say in the second verse, it's supposed to be, and the bullshit, how it crawls when you fight it, you win because you're made of tin, you save yourself from rust. But what he actually says is the, and the first hit, how it falls. And that's what's on the album. And it's very disappointing. Yeah. I got so excited because I thought, Oh my God, there's a curse word that slipped through was in the Christian bookstores, but alas, it was yeah. just sometime Sunday on the end of their album that <laughs> got them cut from tooth to nail. Yeah. So, so I don't know if this is a verse or a bridge or whatnot, but the, but I think what this song means here is is right here. And when the storm comes around, you're making sure that you're the first one down. Save your skin, you win. Okay. So I I think it's literally just about like look out for yourself. Someone watched out for themselves and how it's kind of gross. Yeah. 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 And it's definitely about how that's gross because it's just all the other lyrics are about that kind of stuff. You know, uh, save yourself and watch you win. Shine that crown and watch you believe it. Yeah. I wish they'd left the bullshit in. <laughs> all right, Jay, what do you think overall? Oh, man. I, I really, really like this mm -hmm. i feel like it still holds up now i will still keep listening to this <laughs> i kind of looking back on it i'm like how the fuck was this not bigger like yeah this really was under the radar and this is really really good mm -hmm. i i think that so you know i, I don't know how if you you, you you definitely weren't you definitely weren't ever a fan of bill and sebastian um the reason I bring it up is because Bill and Sebastian in their early years, they always put out an EP or several EPs between albums. And those EPs were more a chance for them to kind of explore things that they would never do on an album. Right. That's kind of what this feels like to me is this is, this is less of an EP like us, like, Hey guys, here we are. And more an exploration of like trying on a sound, right? Like, right. Like, sure. Like, like just saying like, does this fit us? You know? And I, I think it does. I think it's, I think it's really good, you know, <laughs> but I think that you could look at this and, and as a music critic and say, well, this isn't finished. Oh, Clifton. Yeah. We jumped ahead. I did want to say one thing. Okay. Speaking of being unfinished, did you catch <laughs> at the very end of this song how it cuts into another song? Did you get this? It's in the last, like, maybe 30 seconds.
Do you know what that is? No. So that is Michael Pritzel from The Violet Burning. Huh. It's a song Waiting off their 1996 album, or maybe it's a demo of it. Yeah. So that album, self-titled Violet Burning album, one of the guys that played in that band at the time was named Jeff Schroeder. Mm-hmm. Well, Jeff Schroeder, after that album, joined the Lassie Foundation, funny enough. Okay. And we'll talk more about him in a second. He's actually now in the Smashing Pumpkins. So I saw that, yeah. He, yeah. But evidently, according to Eric and the Velvet Blue Music Podcast, they'd recorded over <laughs> Violet Burning on tape or something. And so that was just like naturally in there when their sound faded out. And they were like, oh, this kind of fits. And they just left it. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So sorry to jump back to that, but I, I wanted to, to highlight that because yeah. I thought it was funny. Um, and I think that like gets to this album again is it's rough. It's kind of, it's lo-fi, but they do a really good job with it. I think even like the artwork and the packaging are good. They're not like amazing, but they're certainly not bad. Like mm-hmm. they're simple, but they're like well done in a very nice way. Yeah. You know, like it, it all fits really well. They've got this kind of like, and they'll do this on their other albums, this kind of mystique around California. Mm-hmm. So like the back, you know, album cover is, I suppose it's this photo that I think Wayne or Eric took just off the coast. California state outline is on the CD itself. Obviously you've got like the bear, you know, on the front of the album. It just, I don't know. It, it's simple layout, but it really works well. I think it fits kind of with the, songs themselves and with the music yeah it's pretty damn good overall yeah i agree who is who is the girl in the picture on the back of the uh okay so again i'm going to credit the velvet blue music podcast so you know when you buy like a picture frame or like a in this case i think it was like a wallet you know how sometimes where the picture is there's one of those sample like just phony fake you know sample photos that's what that's from Uh, supposedly Wayne, I think, had bought a wallet and it had that in there and they were like, oh, this is cool. And so they <laughs> stuck it in for the album. So it's, just, Clifton, it's, a, it's a young girl in a cheerleader outfit. Yeah. Cheerleader outfit from like definitely like 80s looking oh, yeah. with the hair. Yes. Poof, poofy hair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it talks about in there, there's this, it's just dedicated to those who like Cortez to search for Calafia. Yeah. And it talks about, you know. California is the home of Calafia, the mythical Amazon queen. And I don't know. It's just, it's just yeah. funny. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So it starts out, know ye that at the right of the Indies is an island named California, very close to that part of the terrestrial paradise. The island everywhere bounds with the gold and precious stones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's a very mystical. Uh, again, it's, it's cheesy. It's dumb, but for some reason it all works. <laughs> With the music and stuff, I I don't know. It just it's a really nice EP and a very strong start, I mm-hmm. think for them. Yeah, I think it's great. I love the rawness of it, and there you know it has its weak points and its strong points. Like I said, I think I could easily understand a criticism saying that this isn't finished, for example, you know. But I think it's it's a very interesting peek at a band trying on a style. 
and even at that it's still a good release you know it's not it's there's nothing here there there's not, I wasn't left wanting anything, you know. This is this is a good release that has five good songs on it, and some of them really, really good songs. This is definitely one of those I think that we cover on this podcast that like I think was hurt by having like the Christian connections. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I think musically, had they been able to release this on maybe more of an indie label or something outside mm-hmm. of this realm, I think it would have helped them even more. Cause this is very good regardless Christian, whatnot, mm-hmm. like who cares? This is really, really good. But I guess they weren't interested in that, you know, because the two people they talked to were brainstorm and, and, and velvet blue, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And I imagine part of that's just like, that's who, you know, that's who your yeah. friends are. Access, and yeah. They're going to put it out. So. Yeah. Okay, I guess that's cool. Fine. Yeah. Well, Jay, where are these guys now? They're still going. <laughs> um, so, like I mentioned before, Jeff Schroeder joined the band after this release, and they put out more albums. I'll just try to go fast through this. They followed this up with an EP 7-inch in 97 on Velvet Boom Music called Corona Del Mar, which had I'm Stealing to Be Your One in a Million, and a different version of Save Yourself and Watch You Win. At some point, he's mentioned on this album too, but Jason71, who's also known as Jason Pickerskill, joined the band he was known for his album art and design like he worked mm-hmm. on releases by the prayer change or electric stave saker mm-hmm. but i think he also played bass for the lassie foundation the band put out a dive bomber ep on velvet blue music in 97 and in 1999 put out the el ray ep on anaset records and this had some new songs like one called the prompt called promise ring mm-hmm. which nothing to do with the band but the song is very <laughs> catchy it's yeah. a good one but finally, in 99, the band put out their first full-length Pacifico on an album called Grand Theft Autumn Records. And Clifton, I just learned this. You'll find this interesting. No one else may, but you will. <laughs> As an aside, Grand Theft Autumn was the shortly-lived label run by Todd Bell and Roy Ewing, both of whom used to be in Braid. Interesting. Weird, right? <laughs> yeah, out of, out of Illinois. Yeah, I know. Strange. Huh. Um, yeah. Roy was their first drummer, and Todd was in both Braid and Hey Mercedes, the bass player. Okay. So, yeah, strange. Anyway, in 2001, <laughs> they released a split record with Duralux, who, you know, used to be Fluffy, mm-hmm. which is basically Chris Colbert, who's the guy that produced Mercury and had all the drone sounds on that, mm-hmm. which is probably how these guys even got into that. So, anyway, yeah. random. But it's called I Duel Sue and the Ale of Saturn on Grand Theft Autumn also. 2002, they released their second full-length, the Eldorado LP on Anaset Records. And in 2004, it was their last full-length called Face Your Fun on Northern Records. 2006, they released something called Through and Through on Northern, which is mostly a collection of California Pacifico and other odds, ends, and live tracks. Mm -hmm. And now, as you mentioned, in 2022, they just put out the Cave Sessions, Mm -hmm. which is re-recordings of I Can Be Her Man, I'm Stealing to Be Your One in a Million, and two other songs. Yeah. And they sound really good. I mean, they you played great, them yeah. earlier. They're different, but they still sound really good. Yeah. They ran a Kickstarter last year to re-release California and Pacifico on vinyl, and it was a success. So those are coming out. So they're still doing stuff. I'm hoping they're going to record new songs. And I will say, you can watch a couple of videos on YouTube of them playing a couple of the songs on Cave Sessions. And like Jeff Schroeder, even though he's in the Smashing Pumpkins now, <laughs> is still playing with Lassie. Wow. So that's pretty cool. 
And for the re-releases of California and Pacifico, they were remastered by Chris Colbert. Ah, very fitting. Yes. Yeah. So they're still doing stuff. You know, go check it out. They have a website, LassieFoundation.com, that I don't think has actually been updated in a long time. (laughs) Yeah. But they're also on Bandcamp and all those places. So, cool. All right. Do you have an award for this album? Ah, shit. Uh... What would you call this? Shoegaze Beach Boy. <laughs> I'm just gonna give this like the the shoegazy beach pop <laughs> award. Alright. I wanted to give this a should have been on a secular label award, but I feel like I've I've already done that or I will already have Sandal Gaze at some point. Sandal gaze. Oh, Clifton, there it is. <laughs> Forget everything I just said. Perfect All right. sandal gaze. That's good. That's we really good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What are we doing on the next episode, Jay? Clifton, I think we're doing an interview with the guys from the Julies. We are. We're yeah, si- good. I, I didn't know if I had my order right. Yeah. So good. <laughs> we're, we're, we're sitting down with three members of the Julies, and we're going to have a, a, a conversation with them. I'm, we're not doing that till tomorrow. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. We're recording two episodes <laughs> back to back, two days in a row, which we never do. So, um, yeah, should be good. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Your Music Saved Us. If you enjoyed your time with us, please leave us a review or share this episode. Visit patreon.com ymsu to contribute and get extended episodes. Visit our website, yourmusicsavedus.com to find out all the ways to listen. We're on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Join our Facebook group or follow us to keep up with the latest or interact with us. And send complaints and disagreements to yourmusicsavedus at gmail.com. The music in this episode is the work of the Lassie Foundation and is used with apologies, not permission. Go to the Lassie Foundation or Lassie Foundation, not the LassieFoundation.com. It's also on Bandcamp. Also on Bandcamp, Spotify, YouTube, everywhere. Again, they have a new EP out, The Cave Sessions. Mm -hmm. Go check it out. You can buy a CD Uh, of that. Yes, and uh, support them any way you can. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys.